Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Thursday, August 16th. As always, we are presented by D's Home Cuts. I'm your host, Travis Kurchewski, joined by nobody today. It's just me. Uh, Truman's out running around, so uh, he had some stuff to do. Uh, so we didn't really have time to uh, you know, meet up today. So it's just going to be me um, for today. So just sit back, listen. We're going to go through a couple of these headlines here in sports. Um, we're going to start with... Hard Knocks. Uh, the second episode came out on Tuesday. Um, it was a pretty good episode. The season, I like the season so far. It's interesting, I guess, maybe because I'm, you know, based out of Northeast Ohio. So, you know, I'm used to going to like these training camps and being around Browns fans and stuff. So this is probably the closest team I've ever, you know, related to with this show. Um, it's not my favorite season so far. You know, I really like the uh, older seasons, you know, the ones with the Cowboys uh, the ones with the Jets, that was pretty good. But this season's been pretty interesting so far. Um, I think over the last couple weeks, I really gained a lot of respect for Hugh Jackson. I think most people have too. Um, you know, you saw it the first episode. Um, you know, he his mom and brother died in like a span of two weeks. And he was still coaching. He was still running training camp. Um, you know, you put anybody else in that situation where they lose two close family members so close together, uh, they're going to crack. They're not going to be able to do their, their job. And Hugh just comes out and, you know, he coaches his butt off and he's dealing with this whole family thing behind him. So it's been interesting to see that. And then especially you had this week with Antonio Callaway, which was kind of the big storyline of the episode. Uh, We talked about it last week. Antonio Callaway was pulled over in Strongsville, um, a suburb of Cleveland, um, driving around with a suspended license. And then when they searched his car, they found, you know, he had a little bit of weed and some parts from a gun. Uh, and he, his claim was he just got his car shipped up and his brother and his friends were using his car. So it's probably was their stuff. Um, we don't know what happened there. We don't know the full story. But as far as we know, Antonio, if we believe Antonio Callaway, he's telling the truth. It seems like a pretty good story. I, I believe him. I think the coaching staff in Cleveland believes him. Um, but the episode was interesting because you saw... You know, he was kind of scared to approach the coaches. He didn't really want to bring it up because he's had such a good camp, such a good summer. He's kind of turning his life around from where it was at Florida, where it was, you know, a mess. And he was suspended a whole season because of his actions. Um, And he's kind of been turning around this summer. And to just fall back like that, you know, it had to have been really scary for him. He was obviously nervous to go tell the coaches that um, he did get pulled over and that he is in a little bit of trouble. Uh, um, But... Hugh Jackson, you know, sat him down. He could have screamed at him. He could have bitched him out, but he didn't. And he just kind of explained to him, you know, you have to, you have to tell the coaches when something like this goes on. Um, and Antonio kind of realized that. And I really enjoyed the punishment that Hugh Jackson gave him. He didn't suspend him. He didn't cut him. Like most people were saying, he should have cut him because you know Antonio Callaway is kind of on his last strike, I guess. Um, but he didn't do anything like that. He actually did the exact opposite, and he played him every single snap, no matter what. Antonio Kelly was out there, um, and I know some people were kind of angry about that. You know, they said, you know, why would you kind of reward this guy with, you know, more playing time after he made a mistake? But I, I really like that decision to suspend him, to uh, make him play the whole game, because if you've ever played in a football game, I obviously high school football is different, but it's really tough to play a full game, especially at wide receiver where you're just running and running and running and running. And 
it really gave him a chance to kind of realize that what I did was wrong. And I, obviously, I'm not going to do it again because I don't want to, you know, play a whole game of snaps where I'm just killing myself every single game, every single snap. So that was cool to see. It was a little bit of a different punishment. It wasn't, you know, the average NFL punishment where you know you suspend him or you cut him. Um, and I guess he's now he's on his last strike, which is uh, not good, I would say, because if he does make a mistake again, I hopefully he doesn't. I think he's kind of turning his life around. But if he doesn't and he's gone, that's just going to be a huge waste of talent for the Browns, especially for him. I guess, you know, the Browns, I mean, they got him late, a late round pick. Um, and they got this guy late round, but he does have the talent to be a first rounder. Um, if he wouldn't have gotten into involved in all those drugs and all those problems at Florida, he would have been a first round pick. And the Browns got him so late. Um, so he's just a bonus right now. If he does end up getting cut, he makes a mistake. I guess it's really no, you know, no problem for the Browns because they didn't really waste a high pick on him. Um, and he's shown so far that game. He's shown he showed flashes. He had a couple great catches. He had that slant route on a perfect pass from Baker Mayfield, which was a perfect uh, catch and just a straight run down the field. This guy is explosive. You've seen why he has the talent to be a first round pick. And if he can turn his life around and get on the straight and narrow, which I think he will. The Browns got a steal, and you know it's just a great pick for the Browns because this is a first-round talent guy who they got. You know, I, I forget what pick it was, but it was late rounds. So we'll we'll watch this story as it unfolds because obviously he's going to be in the news for the next couple weeks, and he's going to be a big storyline on Hard Knocks because of his his story. Then the next story on Hard Knocks, which was kind of. I thought what they would play play a bigger part of it. Maybe next episode they will. Which is the whole Corey Coleman say saga. Um, Corey Coleman drafted first round out of Baylor. I know Browns fans were so excited to watch him. You know he's a really explosive slot receiver, kind of out of Baylor. Um, he was their best player when Baylor was really really good. Um, and Browns have had a lot of success on the field with Baylor receivers in the past with Josh Gordon. So when Corey Coleman came into you know, Cleveland, a lot of hype surrounded him, and he just hasn't lived up to that hype at all. He's shown some flashes. There's been some games where he's played well, and everybody's like, oh, that's good. You know, we got somebody now. He's kind of turning it around. But all in all, you look on his whole career with the Browns, he's been a giant disappointment for them, and that's why they decided to trade him to Buffalo. And, you know, leading up to the episode of Hard Knocks, everyone was saying, you know, Hugh Jackson and him got into a huge fight. It's going to be shown on TV, and it's just going to, you know, everybody wanted to watch and tune in for that. But it basically, it was kind of a letdown because he just, they, they kind of cut it, I guess. They didn't want to show the whole thing. But it was interesting because, you know, Corey Coleman, if you didn't know why he, got, he was sent down to the second team, he was pissed about that. First rounder got sent down to the second team because um, he thought he was going to be the starter. But with the reemergence of Callaway, um, Corey Coleman's skills really weren't that needed on the Browns offense and he just he's not that good he can't catch the ball as well as a guy like Antonio Callaway or Jarvis Landry so he basically just walked into the office and said you know if you're not going to play me then just trade me and Hugh Jackson said okay and he and they traded him to the Bills for a late rounder and that just shows I think that's kind of a wake-up call for Corey Coleman because your first round pick you get traded for a seventh rounder in 2020 um that should be a little bit of a wake-up call for you uh, as a player because 
your skills just aren't that valuable anymore if you're getting traded for a seventh-round pick. Hopefully he can turn it around. I think he has the talent to turn it around. I just don't think he has the work ethic to do it. But maybe this is the kick in the pants he needed to really um, come back to his first-round potential talent that he showed out of Baylor. But we'll see. Um, you know, he's been dealing with injuries a lot. So I don't know. But then you saw last point about uh, Hard Knocks. The whole Des Bryant thing, which is usually you don't see that a lot in Hard Knocks. They don't talk a lot about, you know, that stuff. But I like that. Uh, you know, Des Bryant has been linked to the Browns the last couple of weeks, especially with now with Corey Coleman being traded, Josh Gordon being out of camp. The Browns really do have some need at wide receiver. And I think Des Bryant could fill that hole pretty nicely. Um, the only problem is, obviously, he's fallen off the last couple of years. But the fact that he's visiting today, today's Thursday, he's going to be visiting there today. I don't know if he leaves there with a deal. Uh, Des Bryant, I think, is looking for the right situation. I don't think the Browns is the perfect situation. Um, I, I think the best situation for Des would be to go to like the Packers on a one-year deal, but he won't do that. He's already said he, will, he refuses to play for the Packers. Um, but we don't need him because we got three really good rookie wide receivers. Um, so we'll see what happens there. If Des Bryant signs with the Browns, I think obviously more talent in camp's a good thing. Uh, it's not a bad thing to bring in Des Bryant, but with his history off the field, he's got, he's a big personality type of guy. He's going to walk into that locker room and he's going to want to be the top dog, especially in that wide receivers room. And he just doesn't have the talent or the big name as he did a couple years ago to really command a number one receiver type of level, if that makes sense. You know, I think Jarvis Landry's established himself as the leader in that locker room pretty quickly, especially in that uh, wide receiver room. And I don't think he's Jarvis Landry's going to take too kindly with walking with Des Bryant walking in there demanding that he's the you know the number one guy because he's not. He just doesn't have the talent to be the number one guy anymore. Uh, he's really fallen off. But obviously, like I said, more talent is a good thing. We'll see what John Dorsey and the Browns want to do. Uh, obviously, bringing him in is a pretty big deal. But you know, Des turned down a deal with the Ravens. He he's obviously looking for something. You know, there's some sort of number of years or number amount of money that he has in his mind, or maybe it's the right situation for him to go play somewhere. Because if he turns down a deal with the Ravens, you know, two months ago, you know, why would he sign with the Browns? A team that went 0-16 last year, 1-15 the year before. Des Bryant doesn't like like losing. I don't think he's the type of guy who wants to be on a losing team. And going to the Browns, you're going to take that risk. But we'll see what happens there. Other news in NFL football. Jalen Ramsey, back in the news again. Big personality. One of my favorite players. I really like Jalen Ramsey, especially the way he plays. But he released, he caused a little bit of controversy over the week, over the the week, because he said, you know, he released, he had an article in GQ, and you know, they basically just said, you know, we're gonna name all these quarterbacks, tell us, you know, what you think of them, and he just went down the list, you know, they said like Aaron Rodgers, he said he doesn't suck, Tom Brady doesn't suck, Deshaun Watson, oh he'll be an MVP in a couple years, Mariota, oh I think he's a good quarterback for that team. Derek Carr, I think he's good. Matthew Stafford, I don't think he's that good. Um, Jared Goff, he's average. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's kind of hyped up. Um, Big Ben, he's decent. Eli Manning is not really that good. 
Um, Ryan Tannehill, I don't know much about him. So obviously he went through the list. You can go look at it. He went through the whole list of a bunch of different guys, a bunch of different players, um, quarterbacks, and he just gave his opinion on all of them. And I thought it was interesting because I saw a tweet where they said, you know, the guys he said were pretty good uh, versus the guys he said, you know, were average or they sucked. They saw his stats versus them. Uh, Jalen Ramsey's stats like yards given up. And the guys he said were good, you know, obviously Jalen Ramsey is a pretty good corner. So his stats weren't as good as the guys who he said sucked, if that makes sense. So like the passer rating for guys he said who sucked was pretty low when they were to throw against him versus the guys he said they were good. The pass rating was pretty decent, you know. Um, so he gave a pretty accurate statement on each of these guys. The one guy I would say he kind of got it wrong about is Andrew Luck because he said Andrew Luck's not that good. Um, he just said him and T.Y. Hilton had a pretty good connection, which made him stand out. But Andrew Luck, I think, has gotten kind of a bad rap the last couple of years due to injuries. Uh, you know, Jalen's first year, Andrew Luck was hurt the whole year. And then obviously his second year, he was out the whole entire year. So I don't think he's really got a clear view on Andrew Luck. Um, but obviously a lot of these guys, it's, you know, you can read the quotes and uh, see what he, you know, a lot of these are accurate, I think, in my mind. You know, he said, you know, Joe Flacco's not that good. It's just you go down the list and uh, you can kind of men- you can kind of get a clear view of where J- what Jalen Ramsey thinks. He's obviously a pretty outspoken player, and uh, it's kind of interesting to see what he thinks, especially a guy who's gone against all these quarterbacks. What he thinks of them is pretty interesting. So that's it for that. Um, I guess another little story I wanted to talk about was all these fights going on in training camp. We've reached that point in the year where uh, every single week now in training camp, you know, you're reaching the dog days of training camp where, you know, it's kind of getting annoying to go against the same guys every single day. Um, You know, you saw in Browns training camp, there was a huge fight with Jarvis Landry in a corner. Um, You'll start to see this more and more. But especially with they're doing now the split practices where teams will practice with each other and then they'll play in the preseason game. Uh, you know, just in the past week, you know, you saw Terrell Pryor versus the Redskins. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins got in a fight with some of the 49ers players. Uh, the Raiders got in a fight with some team. I can't remember what. So training camp's reaching that point where it's kind of getting annoying it's hot you know you don't really want to be practicing you just want to play um and you got these young guys trying to compete for a spot so they're going to be going hard every single second um and that really makes the veterans pretty mad when they get you know they're just trying to get through the day um because they really don't need practice that much um but you gotta love it. I mean, every time you go on Twitter and you see a new training camp fight, it's amazing to watch. It's so fun to watch these guys fight. You know, it, it you you really just see the competitive nature of these guys come out. Um, the one that I thought was interesting was Terrell Pryor versus the Redskins. You know, DJ Swearinger took like a fake swing at Terrell Pryor, uh, but I guess it came out after. You know, Jay Gruden told the Redskins players not to fight Terrell Pryor. Um, Terrell Pryor played there last year. I didn't know that he was like hated in Washington. Obviously he didn't have a great year, but I didn't think he was like hated there so much where Jay Gruden had to say like don't fight the guy. But I mean that's pretty interesting in that because Terrell Pryor there wasn't a lot of stories last year where he was getting fights with guys and stuff, but to go to another team and then he goes put practices against his old team and he gets in fights, that's interesting. Um 
But these fights are awesome to watch. You know, you're, you're seeing it in baseball now too. August, end of August, middle, end of August. You know, it's kind of just a grind for sports. Baseball is in the middle of it. Um, training camp, like I said, is like we're right in the middle of that. And everybody's just trying to get to the next stage. You know, baseball is trying to get to the playoffs. Um, training camp's trying to get, you know, NFL's trying to get to the first week. So these guys are just getting tired of doing the same thing day in and day out. And you see more and more fights are happening. Um, and in baseball, it's, you know, you saw the Dodgers and the Giants, I believe, getting a fight the other day. So I guess, you know, it's just that summer heat is just getting to everybody. And, you know, fans love watching this type of stuff. Obviously, you don't want to see a guy get hurt because of a fight. Like, if DeAndre Hopkins would have gotten hurt in training camp, that would have been not so good for the uh, Texans because he's obviously their, pretty much their entire offense. Um, but it's cool to see, you know, these fights on Twitter every now and then. With that, we're going to move on to baseball, but before that, I wanted to remind you that our show is brought to you by Dee's Home Cuts. Dee's is the best place around Northeast Ohio for a great haircut at a low and fair price. For only $7, Dee's Home Cuts will provide you with a modern haircut and styling. Truman and I have been getting our haircut over there for the last couple months, and we have never looked or felt better. Every single time you're going to go into the shop, you're going to get a professional cut. They get better every single time because he is always upgrading his equipment to give you the best haircut possible. Trust me, you will not be able to find a better, cheaper haircut anywhere around Northeast Ohio. $7 for a haircut, is in, that's insane. I know people who, who will pay upwards of $25 and up for a haircut. When you can just go to Dom's, $7, cheap, great haircut. You have a great time while you're sitting there playing video games in the chair, listening to music. He's got refreshments now. Um, in his shop, it's just a really easy, quick cut, and you know you won't find it. You won't find any place better. Um, you can go to the big name guys like Great Clips or something like that, and you know there's a chance that they'll screw it up. You're gonna have to talk to somebody you really don't, you know, want to be talking to, like a hairdresser or something, and you know it just gets really annoying, and you really don't want to be there. And most of the time, they screw up your haircut, and you end up looking like an idiot. Go to Dom's. It's cheaper. You'll get a way better haircut. Dom is a great guy. He's going to do the best possible job that he can. He'll give you tips about how to style your hair, um, how to, you know, he'll cut it the way he thinks will make it look really good. And you, every time you go, the cuts get better every single time. So go on his Instagram, set up an appointment. Um, if you're going to set up an appointment, I recommend doing it sooner rather than later because he is going to college. And I think there's going to be a little bit of a you know, a gap to where he's going to have to try to figure out uh, how he's going to do his haircuts. So get in there before he leaves. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. These home cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. So we're moving on to baseball. Uh, again, like I said, dog days of baseball. We talked about the playoffs on Tuesday, you know, the rankings. And, you know, everybody's kind of uh, hitting their stride so far. You know, you can kind of tell who's going to be a playoff team, who's not going to be. Uh, you know the Astros. Jeez, the Astros are sucking. They they look like complete shit right now. They've lost nine straight, I believe. It's Thursday morning. They've lost nine straight. Um, Justin Verlander got rocked in his last start. They got Garrett Cole. They had Garrett Cole going yesterday. I don't know what if they won or not, but they did lose nine straight at one point. So don't be surprised if the Indians take that number two seed. That would be huge for them. Um, but like I said. Baseball, we're in the dog days. 
you know, teams that suck, it's kind of getting annoying. But baseball's doing – and, you know, fans aren't really tuning in as much anymore because they kind of can tell where their team is at. Um, you know, if a team sucks, people aren't going to tune in because why would I want to watch a team lose 20 to nothing? Uh, so the MLB is trying to combat this. You know, every year they lose viewership around this time of year because it's just not exciting, especially with preseason football starting. Uh, so they they did this thing last year. They're doing it again this year, the Players Weekend, uh, which I really like. I think it's a really smart, fun idea. They do these uniforms, these Player Weekend uniforms. Uh, we're on the back. They they can put their nickname instead of their real name. Uh, so everybody puts, you know, nicknames on their jerseys. Uh, you can go down. You can look it up. Player Weekend, you know, jerseys. And you can just read all of these, you know, funny, you know, nicknames and jerseys. Uh, and it's pretty cool. It's a great idea. I really like how baseball does this. Um, you know, I'm very critical of the MLB because I think they do a pretty bad job marketing baseball to fans, especially the younger audience. Uh but this is a great – they do a lot of dumb things, but this is a good idea. I like it. It's cool. It's interesting. It kind of breaks up the monotony of MLB baseball this time of year. Uh, so it's pretty cool to watch. You know, these jerseys are interesting. Uh, you get to see kind of a different side of players that you don't really get to see because, again, the MLB does a terrible job at marketing their players. Um But it's cool. I know, you know, like Trevor Bauer does Bauer outage. uh Francisco Lindor does Mr. Smile. You know, everybody has one, and it's just a great uh, experience. Uh, so tune in to that this weekend. You're going to want to watch that. It's pretty cool. I think it starts Friday, um, and it's just a great time. So that's it for baseball. Like I said, you know, we're in the dog days. It's kind of getting harder and harder to find storylines because people are just trying to get through each day. Uh, but once September hits and those call-ups happen, you know, we're really going to see these divisions get tight, players playing a lot harder than they usually do because they really want to get into the playoffs because playoff baseball is just so amazing. Um, but we're going to move now to basketball. Again, we've kind of reached that sweet spot in the year where, you know, pre preseason's starting up, so that's exciting. So there's a lot of stories in the NFL. But, like, basketball and baseball, there's not a lot going on. You know, because nobody's reporting to camp. Pretty much all the free agents are signed, except Wayne Wade. I don't know what he's going to do. Um, so there's really not a lot to talk about. But the one thing I did want to talk about was the Los Angeles Lakers. So over the offseason, obviously they've had the biggest offseason of anybody, uh, signing LeBron James. And... You know, there's been a lot of people are saying, you know, it doesn't really matter. The Lakers might might not even make the playoffs. And they've just been signing a lot of strange players. So we got a question I wanted to address. You know, are the Lakers being underestimated, you know, in the national media, in, you know, around fans? Are they being underestimated? You know, I thought about this a lot. I really, I don't think they are. You know, obviously they have LeBron. They have Kyle Kuzma. They have Brandon Ingram. They have Lonzo Ball. So they have a lot of young talent. But you look at these signings, you know, Lance Stevenson, uh, JaVel McGee, uh, Michael Beasley. There's probably some more that I'm missing. Uh, we'll go over that in their team reviews a couple weeks from now. These players that they've added and these this young talent that's, that they supposedly have, I think is a little overrated. Lance Stevenson's a pretty good defensive player. Michael Beasley's a pretty good offensive player. JaVel McGee's a pretty decent center. And then you look, I think out of those the three young three young talent that they supposedly have with Kuzman, uh, 
Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram. I think Kuzma has the highest ceiling. I don't think Brandon – people have been waiting for Brandon Ingram to turn it on for the last couple of years, and he just hasn't. I just don't think he will. I think he's kind of reached his ceiling of just being a decent NBA player. Um, and I don't think Lonzo Ball is going to be all that. I think you saw last year, he obviously had some injuries. I think I think his dad's going to get in the way of his success. I think Los Angeles was a bad place for him to go because he's so close to his family there. Uh, and I think his dad's going to ultimately, you know, bring him down uh more than bring him up but they have lebron so i think they're gonna make the playoffs but i just don't think that they're gonna compete for a championship in the next couple years because this team just doesn't have enough talent and i don't think you know you look i guess you could say they're a little bit better they have lebron is a little bit more talent than he had last year in cleveland um but he's playing in a way tougher conference. This isn't the East. He's not going to be playing the Raptors in the first round every single year. He's going to be playing Portland, which is a really good team. The Jazz, young, good team. You know, Oklahoma City, which is what we're going to get into in a little bit here. This is There's a lot of talent in the West, and LeBron's got to face it all in the playoffs. I don't think he goes very far, and that's... I think that's going to come to a, a bit to a shock to him that he can't just walk into the playoffs and, you know, waltz right to the finals. Um... I think LeBron chose Los Angeles not because it's the best place for him to win a championship. I think he chose it because he really wants to do a bunch of stuff off the basketball court in terms of you know TV, movies, and stuff like that. So I don't think this was a pure basketball decision that he made. I think he just wanted to go to Los Angeles because he wanted to uh, get in more into like the whole Hollywood thing, which you know makes me want to puke because I don't like LeBron, but. We'll see what happens. I think you're going to see a sharp decline in his career. But what's a sharp decline to LeBron? Um, I think you're going to see Kevin Durant kind of overtake him in the next couple of years here as being the best player in the league. Um, and I think he's starting to overtake him now. Uh, you know, Cavs fans don't like to hear that. But if he really wants to win a championship, I don't think Los Angeles is the best place for him. But as far as being underestimated, no. I think they're being perfectly estimated the place that they should be, which is a decent team that's going to make the playoffs, but then that's about it. They're not going to go far in the playoffs, and I could see them getting bounced out in the first or second round. Um, but I could see them not even making the playoffs just because this this whole team could become a shit show pretty quickly with all these personalities. LeVar Ball yelling from the rafters. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, we're going to stick with our team reviews now, though. We're going to do the fourth seeds from the East and the West last year. We're going to do the Cavs and the Oklahoma City Thunder, which is probably both of these teams have been have had the, the most exciting off-seasons, for better or for worse, out of any of the teams we reviewed yet. Uh, so we'll go with the Cavs. Losing LeBron James is probably... A, one of the biggest losses you could take as an NBA franchise. Losing a guy like that, one of the best players of all time. Losing a guy like that who's led your team to all these finals, that hurts a lot. And it's really hard to replace him. Drafting Colin Sexton was a great pick, though. Signing back guys like Channing Fry, bringing him back was a good decision. And then they traded for Sam Decker, who I think is kind of an underrated guy uh, in the NBA. But... I know Cavs fans, it's really hard to see a team, see your guys lo- see you guys lose LeBron James for the second time, uh, a guy who's really carried your franchise the last couple of years. To lose him again, it hurts a lot. 
And, you know, I was around when he when he left the first time. And uh, it hurt a lot to see Cavs fans, you know, suffer like this. Uh, but and plus they were in such a bad spot when LeBron left. They had no talent. But I there is hope for Cavs fans because I think where they're at now is better than where they were before the first time LeBron left. Colin Sexton's a good young point guard. They have Kevin Love, who's a who's an All Star. Uh, they didn't have an All Star when LeBron left the first time. So I think Kevin Love becomes that leader. Colin Sexton becomes a pretty solid young rookie. This team has talent. And Tristan Thompson, I think, is a pretty good center. George Hill's a solid player. J.R. Smith's still pretty decent. You know, if they re-sign Rodney Hood, that's a good offensive player off the bench. So I think this team has the talent to get, you know, a 7th or 8th seed. They're, they don't have enough talent to get to, the play, to get to the championship. But all hope isn't lost for Cleveland fans. And I think that's something to look look up to now, especially because the first time LeBron left, it was a mess here for a couple of years. Just looking at that roster from like 2014 when LeBron wasn't here, it was a mess. And I remember watching those games. Uh, and I think Colin Sexton could be a pretty good player. So 7th or 8th seed, you know, competing for the playoffs all year. I could see that now. It's going to be different for Cavs fans, though, because they're used to really not caring about the regular season, but they're going to really, have to start caring uh, because these regular season games are going to be a lot more important than they were last year when they had LeBron just carrying them. Then you go to Oklahoma City uh, in the West there, a team who's undergone undergone a lot of changes in the past couple years, but they had a pretty good offseason. Obviously, I'm a Carmelo Anthony fan. I think losing Carmelo Anthony was good for them. Um, I don't think Carmelo Anthony fit that system really well there in Oklahoma City. I think he was pretty difficult to play with. You know, I think Russ and him didn't mesh very well because they both, you know, want the offense to run through them. But they did a really, 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 really good uh, job at their offseason. Getting Dennis Schroeder for Carmelo Anthony, losing Carmelo Anthony's contract was huge. Dennis Schroeder is a really good young point guard. To sit behind Russell Westbrook is going to help a lot. He's a, he's a huge upgrade over their last year's backup point guard, Raymond Felton. Uh, so that's going to help. Adding Nerlens Noel, again, that's more depth. Obviously, he hasn't been what people thought he could be coming out of Kentucky. But he's a pretty solid player. Uh, so to add him, that's a huge for them. Where this team goes, though, I don't know. I think they'll be a little bit better than last year, maybe challenge Portland for that third seed but the Jazz are going to be pretty good again this year so I don't know I could see third fourth seed maybe making it to like the second round getting past the first round hopefully you know Russ I obviously Russell Westbrook's one of the best players in the NBA and so is Paul George so I don't really know but we'll see there like I said I think Cavs maybe eighth I'm gonna go Cavs eighth seed Oklahoma City, I'm, I'm going to say they get to the third seed because I think they added a lot of talent. They signed back some pretty good talent. So we'll see what happens there. So we're going to move now to a couple more segments to finish up the show here. Wanted to remind you that our show is brought to you, though, by A's Lawn Service. A's Lawn Service has been the best place around Northeast Ohio to provide you with professional landscaping at a low and fair price. Since 2014, A's has been using professional equipment to constantly strive to provide families with professional landscaping at a low and fair price. 
Turn to A's and trust me, your lawn and your home will never look better. It's a small group of kids all going to college, trying to make money for college, um, all led by Andrew Ellis, the owner. He's Like I said, he's been running this since 2014. He does a really good job on your lawn and your home. Make your lawn and your home look a lot better. Um, you know, like I said, preseason football starting up. Uh, week one's right around the corner. You don't really want to be spending your Sundays and your Saturdays with college football starting, you know, mowing the lawn, mulching, pulling weeds, getting it ready for, you know, doing leaves, getting it ready for the winter and the fall. Turn to A's. Let him take care of all that. He'll do a great job. It's affordable, and you will not be disappointed. The phone number is 330-241-2392. Again, 330-241-2392. And the email is lawnservice.as at gmail.com. A's Lawn Service LLC. You grow it. We cut it. So we didn't do we haven't done a, a lot of these in the past because uh, we've had other you know big storylines we haven't had much time we're gonna do a what would have happened today this what would have happened is one that's kind of close to my heart the 2014 NFC divisional game Packers versus Cowboys where Dez Bryant dropped the ball in the end zone so we're gonna do what would have happened if Dez would have caught it. So, I'm going to take you back to that day. It's 2014, uh, the Cowboys versus Packers. Take you back a little bit that season. Packers have had a pretty good year, um, making it all the way to the playoffs, making it all the way to the divisional game, divisional round. Um, but the Cowboys, 12-4, and best offensive line of football. The defense is coming together with the, the triple-headed monster of offensive skill positions with Des Bryant, Jason Witten, and DeMarco Murray, the NFL's leading rusher. And then you have a guy like Tony Romo kind of commanding that all at quarterback. This was a really good team. And this was, the, I think, the last year that you know Tony Romo and Des Bryant and Jason Witten all kind of came together again. Um, so this was a special year for Cowboys fans. Um so they obviously, I think, had the talent to go all the way. But the fourth quarter, losing, I think, 26-21, to 21, Tony Romo throws a pass on fourth and two to Des Bryant in the end zone. He goes up off of Sam Shields, the cornerback for the Packers, now a Ram, comes down with the ball. Everyone's Everyone in Green Bay is pissed because they think he caught it. But he hits the ground, drops the ball. We go to review. Turns out he actually did drop the ball, and he that was it. The Packers went on to win the game, went on to go to Seattle the next week and lose off of a Brandon Bostic uh, missed catch off the onside kick, one of the worst moments in my life. But what would have happened, let's say, if the NFL rules are the way they are now, and Des, it would have ruled that Des actually did catch it, and that was a touchdown. Obviously, I think... I trust Aaron Rodgers enough to go back down. I think we would have had about two minutes left. I trust Aaron Rodgers that he would have went down the field and scored really easily and you know nothing would have changed. But let's say that Dez caught it and let's say something happened where we lost the game. The Packers lost the game and the Cowboys won that game. What would the NFL look like today? I think it would look way different than what it is right now. Um, they would have went to Seattle that next week the Cowboys, and if you remember, I think the Cowboys beat Seattle in Seattle 
uh, later earlier that year, like 30 to 20 or something like that. I don't have it in front of me. So would they have beaten Seattle in Seattle? I don't think so. I think Seattle would have went out of the Super Bowl. I think the same thing would have happened with, you know, the Malcolm Butler play, not running Lynch up the middle. But let's just say, you know, for argument's sake here, that Dallas beats Seattle in that, in that game, in that championship game. They go to the Super Bowl, Dallas versus uh, the Patriots. Um, probably the two most popular franchises in all of sports, even, uh, going against each other in one of the biggest stages on earth. Uh, I think the Patriots would have won that game. I think the Patriots had a lot more talent um, that year. But let's just say, for argument's sake, we put Dallas on that goal line uh, where Seattle was. I think Dallas is smart enough, especially with that offensive line. I, I trust Jason Garrett to run that ball up the middle with their NFL leading rusher, DeMarco Murray, and they score. No pass, no bullshit, no passing like Pete Carroll, the idiot Pete Carroll did. And they would have ran it up the middle, and they would have scored. They would have won that game, and Dallas would have won a Super Bowl, making it their sixth Super Bowl um, and their first one in, I think, close to 15, 20 years. What would have happened then? In the offseason, if you remember, they got rid of DeMarco Murray. They signed Des Bryant to a big big deal. I think with DeMarco Murray winning that Super Bowl for him pretty much with that run, I think they would have kept DeMarco Murray over Des Bryant. I think they would have let Des Bryant go. I think they would have kept DeMarco Murray um, just because he's kind of the hero. Um, and they wouldn't have drafted Zeke Elliott, I think, two years later. Um, I'm not sure who they would have drafted. I didn't do that much research. But you think about it, no more Zeke Elliott. I think Zeke Elliott would have went to like the Browns or something like that, Ohio State guy, and Browns fans would be ecstatic where they're at right now. Um, but then DeMarco Murray, what would he have done with that offensive line for another couple of years? I think he would establish himself again as one of the best running backs in the NFL. Because if you remember, he left that year and went to the Eagles. And was kind of stuck in a running back tandem there, uh, I think with Chip Kelly. So his career kind of took a nosedive just because of that, um, not running upon that offensive line. So it's interesting. Like I said, that's why we do these what would have happened. Because if you look at it, just because Des Bryant dropped, just because Des Bryant dropped that ball or they ruled it a drop, it impacted so many things, so much it changed the entire landscape of the NFL for the next couple years. If they were to rule that a catch, the NFL now would look way different than what it does now. And it just seems so, you know, such a small moment because it was just a fourth and two, you know. You don't think that would really impact the NFL the way it did, but it really would have because it would have changed the entire landscape of the NFL. Now, if I'm thinking, you know, what I think would have happened, I think Dallas would have went to Seattle. I think Dallas would have lost. I think Seattle would have won. And I think we'd be right back where we were. But, you know, for argument's sake, you know, what if they would have won that Super Bowl? You know, would Des Bryant have signed that big deal? Would DeMarco Murray have left? Would Tony Romo, you know, kind of phased out like he did? Would they have drafted Dak Prescott? Would Jason Witten uh, have retired a little bit earlier because he really wanted a Super Bowl? It's interesting to look at that. Uh, but that's it for that. that that's our what would have happened. We're, I like doing those, especially when I have to fill, you know, an hour worth of time by myself. You know, it's kind of interesting to really dive into that. 
Um, so we're going to do a couple of question and answers. Uh, keep sending those in, guys. We really we really do like doing these question and answers. You know, anything you want answered, uh, we love to talk about that. So obviously preseason week two is coming up. It's tonight. We got some action going on. Uh, I think the Browns play tonight. Hold on. Let me pull up the schedule. Uh I think the Browns play tonight. I'm not sure. I think they play the Bills tonight. Um, I know the Packers play the the Steelers. So one of the questions we got here we go. I got the schedule in front of me. Is uh, what are some of the rookies that we're gonna be watching in Week Two? I think obviously you got to look at the first round. We're gonna see what Baker Mayfield can do. Um, uh, with more of a uh, with a little bit more hype around him. Uh, obviously you're gonna see Sam Darnold tonight. Uh, he's playing the Redskins, um, Saquon Barkley going against the Lions, I think. Yes, the Lions. But one guy I really want to watch for, a guy we talked about a couple, I think last show, is Josh Rosen. He's going to be playing the Saints uh, tomorrow on Friday at 8, 8 o'clock. What does he do now? You know, I mean, he kind of had a kind of boring start. Nothing really stood out to me on paper, on pay, on, you know. It was kind of a, you know, just a ho-hum type of a start. So let's see if he bounces back and becomes, you know, what we think he can become, a first-round pick quarterback. Uh, because if he doesn't, that's a huge – the Cardinals fans got to be a little worried if he just kind of sucks it up out there again. Um, but then, obviously, we're going to be all watching the Browns and the Bills. That's tomorrow. That's not tonight. Um, there's actually only three games on tonight, Eagles-Patriots, Super Bowl matchup. Jets, Redskins, Steelers, Packers, which I'm going to be watching all of those, obviously. But uh, Browns' bill is interesting because Corey Coleman just got traded there a week ago. Now he's playing against his former team. There's going to be some bad blood there, especially after that Hard Knocks episode. There's going to be some bad blood. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some you know, pregame video, you know, something like a Kelvin Benjamin thing with Cam Newton. But we'll see what happens there. So be watching those games. I'm going to be watching Josh Rosen this weekend. Uh, and that's that for that. You know, what work you I'd be watching? Josh Rosen. Last question we got is, what should Nick Saban do at quarterback? I think that's pretty obvious. you got to go with a hot hand. you got to start Tua. Um, I think benching. Uh, Tua is an interesting story. If he came in half halftime in the National Championship game and won them that championship game. Reports are he said if he wouldn't have played at all that year, he wouldn't have played in that game. He would have left. He would have transferred, um, which is interesting because, uh, you know, what would Alabama look like without Tua? You know, would they have won that national championship game if they would have left Jalen Hurts in? Um, And now they got a pretty tough situation because if they don't start Tua, you know, could he move on? I think they have to keep him. I think they have to start him. Uh, But Jalen Hurts, you know, he's a guy who's won you a lot of games. He's won you a national championship game, and to kind of just bench him just because he had you know one bad half of football um, is insane. But Nick Saban doesn't really care about your emotions. He doesn't really care what people think of him. He doesn't really care what the players think. He's gonna do what's best for his team, and I think at the time, right now, he believes two is the best quarterback for him. And I think two is a way better quarterback than Jalen Hurts. Um, and I was surprised Jalen Hurts didn't transfer. I think he should have gone to another school. Um, but we'll see what happens. I heard he was talking maybe moving positions. I don't think he should do that. I think he should stay at quarterback. Um, and like I said, I think he should have transferred. But 
As far as what should Saban do or what will he do, I think it's the same answer. Start to uh, go with your hot hand, go with the way better player, and you know dominate, which I think Alabama will do again this year. So that's it for our show today. I want to thank you guys for listening. You know, thank you to our sponsors, D's Home Cuts and A's Lawn Service. Uh, we ask that you go on to iTunes, give us five stars, rate, review us, and subscribe. Uh, follow us on Instagram or Twitter at TNT Sports Talk 12. Send us your questions uh, that you want us to answer. Send us any comments, concerns, because uh, we keep trying to grow this into a bigger and bigger thing. Um, you can listen to us tomorrow on 12 Ounce. Um, I believe it's at 7 o'clock at night, Eastern Time, although I'm not exactly sure. The schedule's kind of changing around. Listen to us on YouTube anytime. Um, listen to past episodes, past interviews with some of our guys. Uh, shout out Tim Boyle, Zach Triner, Logan Ice, the athletes we've gotten. That, uh, you know, Tim Boyle and Zach Triner are balling up right now in preseason. Shout out to those guys. Uh, but we'll see what happens there. Obviously, you know, once those cuts start happening. But I think they put themselves in a really good position to make the team. And we're really proud of them here at TNT Sports Talk. But that's it for today. Again, I want to thank you for listening. You know, no Truman, so it's just me. So it's kind of hard to talk for like 45 straight minutes right now uh, just about sports. Uh, but we thank you for listening. If you listen every single week, you know, we love you. It's, you know, we really like doing this. We really like putting out a good product. I'm not sure. College is starting here soon for both me and Truman. Uh, Truman's going to go be living on campus. I commute, so I'll be here. I'm not sure how often we'll get me and Truman together. Um, you might see more of just me, you know, just my episodes with just me talking. Um, or, you know, we don't really know what we're going to do yet there. But obviously, we're going to put out shows every single day, every two times a week, every single Tuesday, every single Thursday. So, we're going to keep bringing you sports talk until you know nobody wants to listen anymore. But we're really happy with what we're doing right now, and we're really excited to keep going. Uh, but that's it for today. Tune in on Tuesday. Um, we're going to probably try to have a guest in. You know, Truman should be here on Tuesday, uh, but everybody's going away to college, so it's a little bit difficult to find guests now. But that's it, obviously. Uh, have a great day. Tune in on Tuesday. Thanks, guys.